yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode number 48 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, Adam. You can find me on Instagram at the real 27 guy um, and in other places as simply the 27 guy. I want to record a very brief episode today. It's funny, every time I say that, it ends up being longer than I thought it would be. So uh, take it for what it's worth. You know you know when you start how long it is because you can see that from the beginning. But hopefully, um, from my perspective, today will be short. Um, I want to talk today about, um, I'm calling this uh, this episode um, overwhelming. Uh, what I'm calling it is, um, sorry falling apart here, my Excel is crashing on me. So I'm calling today, when the explosion of the hobby grinds the ecosystem to a halt. And I have some thoughts on um, things that are happening today that I, that I want to share with all of you that I, I think are um, interesting and I think they're important to remember. Um, and so uh, that's why, that's the purpose of this, of this episode. But before I do that, I just want to take a moment to talk about the overwhelming success of the first issue of Basketball Card Fanatic. Um, the, the, it's just been amazing, guys. The amount of people who have reached out just to say, hey, I'd love to see what you're doing here with this first issue and uh, I'd love to take a look at it is probably at least three times what I kind of thought that it would be. Um, I've had a number of people reach out and, and tell me how much they've enjoyed it. Um, that was the goal. There's no way to. Um, I didn't. I didn't set out to to create something that was just kind of okay. I wanted to fill a niche in the in the hobby um, ecosystem that was currently not filled, and maybe it is filled by something else that I'm not aware of. But I wanted something that was high quality of writing that is for the collector, for the passionate basketball card collector. And I think that um, the people who wrote for the first issue uh, grasped the vision of that and talked about um, things that are important to them in the hobby that uh, that they feel genuine, real passion for. Um, and you know, it's not, it's not another, it's not another tool to help you to invest. I guess you could probably, you could probably sort of look at it that way, but the idea is to, for this to be sort of a, a for collectors by collectors, um, magazine. And so I want to thank you guys for that. I think the second issue is going to be incredible. Um, and I do think it'll be better than the first one. Uh, I think the first one set a very high bar, but as soon as you see the cover for the second one, I think you're going to look at it and go, that's something that I want to read. Um, you know, the question I have, obviously, is what's the real demand going to be for, for it um, for people who are actually willing to pay for it? Uh, it's enough work that it is something that I definitely have to pay for, <laughs> I'm gonna, or that, that, I, that I need to charge for. I, um, I mentioned that before, and I don't want to belabor that, but uh, but I, I would hope that as you open that that uh, PDF and read it in whatever different types of, type of software you want to, or if you just print it and read it on your own, that it is something that provides you with both um, both uh, things, information that makes you smarter and is something that's entertaining. And um, I, I think that the first issue did that for a lot of people, and my hope is that every issue hereafter just gets better. Uh, but the way this episode or issue two is shaping up, that's going to be hard to do. I think issue two is going to be amazing, and I think it's going to be tough to beat that. So uh, jump on board, send me an email, 
uh, DM me at the real 27 guy or send me an email to basketball basketball card fanatic at gmail.com um, and I will add you to the distribution list uh, and if you just like the first issue and you just want that one for free there's nothing wrong with that come get it come take it for free and uh, see if see if it's something you want to you want to look into going forward um, I will be on with Brett, um, who is uh, the Stacking Slabs guy on Instagram. I'm sure you've seen his account. He's super active on there, um, posts a lot of really interesting stuff. He's one of the guys who's willing to sort of be out there as far as like sharing his thoughts and feelings um, in audio and visual formats, um, has his own podcast. And so I will be on with him and we'll record today, later today. I don't know when he'll, when he'll drop that, but then next week I get to go on with Jeremy Lee from sports cards live again. And both of those guys are super kind to give me the chance to be on their show, to talk about, um, to talk about the magazine. Like I said, it has been a giant undertaking and you don't always understand why when you look at content afterwards, but take this whole thing and uh, you know take that first issue, look at it, look at, try to understand what the vision is for it. And if you have any questions or feedback, let me know. I've had so many people who have, uh, let me say this right, I have had a few people who have written me, written me lengthy emails or messages on Instagram giving me feedback and um, it's been overwhelmingly positive um, but with some really you know good thoughts on what things that I could do going forward and I've had a couple of people that I haven't gotten back to that is something that I need to apologize for it's been busy enough that I haven't been able I've kind of had to prioritize you know how I'm going to use the time and um, I will get to each of your emails but it may take me some time so forgive me if I haven't gotten back to you on something there's a couple of you in particular that I'm thinking about I want you to know that I'm thinking about you but I want to give a more thoughtful response I don't want it to just be quick and and you know check it off the list okay that's our intro which is six minutes <laughs> which belabors uh, belabors the point I know I'm sorry so today's uh, episode is, is called when the explosion of the hobby grinds the ecosystem to a halt we're in a really interesting moment right now in the hobby. We have seen an explosion. Tons of people coming in, people coming in because they love the hobby, people coming in because they want to make money, people coming in because they want to collect sets, they want to collect players, they want to collect teams. It's an incredible moment. And we don't need to belabor how incredible the moment has been. It's been a once in a lifetime uh, six month period for the hobby. And there are those people out there right now who are talking about how everything is falling apart all of a sudden. Um, certain cards are losing their value quickly and things like that. Um, and, and that thought is probably true, but probably for several reasons. One reason that's probably worth considering is that it's basically the off season for the majority of basketball teams. Now, there's only a few teams left. And those few teams uh, still have popular players and people who are really exploding in value. But everybody else who's out, that potential that they had for this for this playoffs is no longer is no longer there. And so the cards are of course going to de decrease in value because of that. But there's something else that I think is harming the value of of items in the hobby, and that is um, how so many different aspects of the ecosystem of our hobby have as I say in the title, have been grinded to a halt. So let's talk about each one of them, each one of the things that I've experienced today, and I'm sure you've experienced some things that are similar to this, and why that may have a dramatic effect on 
on um, demand. Um, and this is this is why thinly traded assets are difficult to value. That's something that I've talked talked about historically on here, especially back in the the private equity venture capital episode that I did um, towards the beginning of my return, maybe I don't know four or five months ago. So um, let's talk about each of the things that I believe um, have changed really significantly in the last six months. The first thing that I want to talk about is the graders. Things, um, in, in one way, the graders are in, in a better position than, they, than they've ever been. And I'm specifically going to talk about Beckett and um, the PSA here. Though um, the uh, SGC, I know, has, has been uh, pretty public about some of their issues too. I'm going to talk about the two that I'm more familiar with. Beckett and PSA have both seen historic numbers of submissions in this last six months. And since they're running a business that's based on how many cards can be graded by however many employees they have that are working on that, sometimes there's not bandwidth to, um, to address that type of explosion. And they can't rush what they're doing past a certain point because if they do, then they have errors and problems in their cards. We know that in some ways they've rushed because they have had some errors. Both companies I've seen have had issues where they've labeled slabs wrong and things like that. Um, but more importantly than that, what we have is a situation where cards are taking uh, way longer to get back than they have in the past. So I'll tell you about two submissions that I have right now. One I submitted through, um, I actually have three submissions right now. Two of them are to PSA and one is to Beckett. Um, the one that it was to Beckett, I sent on a 30-day, and I sent it um, I sent it three months ago almost, and I haven't even gotten an email back. I sent it in June, and I haven't even gotten an email yet that they've received it. That's a $70,000 package that Beckett has. <laughs> it's a big number. Um, that's, that's a $70,000 package that Beckett has with my cards in it, and they haven't even emailed me to let me know that they have it. Um, I can see on the tracking that it was received and signed for and all that sort of stuff. And so I believe that, 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 that they have it. Um, I've called to see what update they can give. They can't actually give me an update. But what we know and what they've provided to, ev to everybody, uh, you know, what update they've provided to the community is that a 30-day submission is a six-month submission. So although they received my cards um, back 90 days ago, I should anticipate receiving them in about 180 days. And after you, you know, you talk about, you know, how many of those days are business days and whatever else, it ends up being something like five times as long as they said that it was going to be. And it's not just 30 days that are like that. 10 day submissions are way longer. Everything is way longer. And you can get mad about it and frustrated. But the reality is that so many people were, were sending in items to be graded that this is just where they are and then when you also layer onto it that you've got COVID and things like that it's it kind of makes sense why they're in the situation that they're in and it's frustrating but but uh let me let me get let me get to some other thoughts on that in, in just a second but let's talk about the other entities um PSA uh from what I hear is is doing is doing better but I submitted a group of cards to PSA um a couple of months ago through a through a submitter that was supposed to be 30 days and and those definitely aren't back yet and I don't know how long that will take but 
Um, I've heard from other people, and I haven't, I haven't actually looked into this. I've heard from other people that um, that they're doing better. That's a lower dollar submission group. I'm not as concerned about it as I am the Beckett, the Beckett one. Um, and then I have another one for PSA that I sent in uh, just a couple of weeks ago through uh, another bulk submitter. And I don't anticipate them getting those back for a long time. Um, and so obviously that's problematic. Simultaneously, we have an issue with the the consigners who have a who have a similar issue. I've talked on this podcast about consignment and, and the value that I the value that I see in it, the ability to not have to deal with any of the selling, but allowing ever allowing somebody else to deal with all the hassle for you. Well, historically, I've had just a wonderful experience with the consigners, the consignment companies, I should say. ComC has always listed things on time and quickly, and Probesteam has has been kind of miraculously quick about how, how fast they get stuff up. My experience with ComC has been that not only can you not get your cards back from them quickly, um, it took me over three months to, to get some cards sent, sent back to me recently. They just finally came last week. But um, more importantly than that, they've had to suspend their um, their their lowest uh, service level. So now their lowest service level is like 50 cents a card to list. And that's problematic, especially when you're selling a card that's like a dollar or two dollars. You feel like you're giving such a high percentage just to the listing fee. Um, but that's what they've had to do because they've been trying to not, pe- not get people to send in so much stuff because their backlog is just so huge. And they're doing their best, but they haven't been able to really keep up with the demand. Probstein is the one that um, that for me um, has been has been the most staggering um, to, to note how how behind they are. So I sent um, I typically send Probstein. Let, let, let me back up. Probstein acknowledges not only acknowledges but promotes the idea of you scripting your own cards. What that means is you basically pull out an Excel spreadsheet and you write down the cards that you're submitting to them with the the appropriate title and you put them in order in the box the same order that they're that they are in the spreadsheet and you package it well and all that stuff and so basically what they then have to do is they have to take the box the cards out of the box they have to scan them they have to copy the thing from your spreadsheet and then they have to list it and so it's a lot less work for them and they they typically try to move those to the front of the line the other thing they move to the front of the line is really like high-end cards so I sent them a package that they received four weeks ago, and that package had a Jordan rookie in it, a BGS nine, and it had um, a couple of autographed PSA DNA cards that I didn't want to get rid of, but I kind of had to. Just I've been raising cash, and then actually a couple of Wilt Chamberlain cards that I also didn't really want to get rid of, but but I've just needed to raise cash with all the Kobe's and other things that I've been buying, and so it, they got there four weeks ago. Well, I knew things were busy. Um, but usually, because of the quality of the stuff that I send in and because I script everything for them, usually they go up the same day. Sometimes they'll go up the next day, and on rare occasion, they'll go up two days later. I've done 50-plus submissions with these guys, right? Like, And I've had just nothing but positive experiences. Um, it's been four weeks, and they haven't listed anything but the Jordan and, those few, and a few autograph cards. They haven't even listed, like, the Wilts. They haven't listed other cards that are in the hundreds of dollars. 
the average, so they, they have 58 of my cards, they've had them for a month, and the average value of those 58 cards is probably about $100 each. So it's not like low-end stuff. It's not it's not the highest end either. You know, it's not all Jordan rookies, but but it's still pretty good. And like I've emailed them like four or five times, and typically I get a response back that's like, sorry, we're trying trying to get people in here to, to get to get this stuff out as quickly as we can. But they, just like ComC and just like Beckett and just like PSA, had this tremendous backlog that they're just trying to get through. Well, this is problematic. It's problematic because I, like everybody else in the hobby, need cash at times. This is why people say cash is king. It's because when push comes to shove, there's just time where you need, there's times where you need money. And if you're like me, you've gotten used to the ecosystem of the hobby. You've gotten used to being able to grade when you need, and you've gotten used to being able to send to a consigner when you need a consignment company. And now you can't really do that, which leaves you in a spot where sometimes you've had you have cash that you've been planning on getting because of cards that you got graded, or cash that you've been planning on getting because you've been waiting for you know a consignment company to to sell the cards. Um, the explosion of the hobby truly has grinded it to a halt. The whole ecosystem right now is slow and behind, and it has been for a while. I'm not like spreading any news that is that's different. But what I want you to understand is that this this grinding to a halt does actually influence how much money people have in their pockets, and it influences how much stuff sells for. Sometimes for a positive, but a lot of times for a negative, because a lot of the people out there who would like to be buying different things right now cannot buy them because they don't have their cash from the things that they've that they've planned on selling because the graders and the consignment companies have been slow. Um, I, I don't know how you should use this information um, for you economically and as, and as you plan, but I do want you to understand how far behind everybody is as you, as you do your planning because um, for me, I've had to turn my spending off. I'm not buying anything right now. That's not entirely true. There's there's a, there's still a couple things out there that I bought, but I, my buying has had to be way slower because I haven't been able to get cash for the things that I need. Um, I think that I think that tells the story. I, I wonder what you guys think about that. Um, if you have any questions or any thoughts, please DM me at the Real Twenty Seven Guy. Again, if you want that first issue of uh, Basketball Card Fanatic, please message me um, on Instagram at the Real Twenty Seven Guy or email me. Um, at basketballcardfanatic at gmail.com. If you do not have the financial means to be able to subscribe to the issues but or to subscribe to the magazine, but you feel passionate about the hobby and it's something that you want to be part of, uh, send me an email and tell me a little bit about your circumstances and we'll see if we can work anything out. Um, until next time, happy collecting.